Welcome to Tucson New Thought. Last Sunday, I offered everyone in this room an opportunity. At least those who were present. If you weren't here, you're off the hook. (laughs) And it was this. I reminded every single one of us that we are, each and every one of us, the infinite creative source expressed. We are infinite creators. And my task to you, I, 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 I said, here's your homework, this is your task this week, is to look at something that you may have been working on. Whatever you've been working on, you have one week left to do it. You have one week left to do it. You have one week to prove the creative principle. And I said I would be checking in with you. So, by a show of hands, how many of you actually achieved the thing that you were looking to create in your life? Okay. If you didn't do it, let yourself off the hook. It's okay. It's good. Pro- progress is good. Progress is good. One of the things that came up in class and actually informed that particular directive last week was this. Did it come, in, did it come up in class? See, now I, I do all of these things. I do class, and I have these conversations with people, and I'm doing service, and I'm doing this and that, and the other thing. I'm like, maybe it came up in class, maybe it didn't. But here's what I, it doesn't matter. It's an infinite truth that I'm about to tell you. <laughs> So, the truth is, what it is we are looking to create in our lives, what we refer to within this, within this particular branch of new thought philosophy, within this ideology, we call that demonstration, right? We call it demonstration because it's an easy word to say, oh, I'm going to demonstrate the good in my life. I'm going to demonstrate something in my life. I'm going to demonstrate, demonstrate, demonstrate. And, and a lot of people come to this philosophy because they say, hey, I get to have what I want in my life because I'm going to demonstrate it. I'm going to demonstrate in my life. So we call the manifestation of our good demonstration. The truth is, everything that exists is a demonstration of what is in your mind. Every single thing that exists is a demonstration of what is in your mind because your mind is not separate from the eternal, infinite mind. You are simply utilizing that infinite, eternal mind, calling it your own, and life is showing up according to your thought pattern within that. So we're going to demonstrate something, right? And I ask, I, I ask this question, how do you know when something is demonstrated in your life? This is not a rhetorical question. I actually would love to hear somebody's thought on this. It shows up. It shows up in form, Right? What if we backtrack a little bit? What if we backtrack a little bit? Because what I'm realizing more and more and more and more in my life is that it is less to do with the form and more to do with the consciousness behind the form because that's all we're ever teaching. We are teaching how to address the cause that creates the effects. That's what we're teaching. And so to know when something is demonstrated, it actually has less to do with the form. It has more to do with the feeling in relationship to your thoughts and your beliefs. It has to do with the feeling. 
When we teach affirmative prayer, which we call in this philosophy spiritual mind treatment, when we teach that, we teach a particular method, and the purpose of this thing is onefold. It is onefold to change your mind. A lot of people think it's to create. No, it is to change your mind because here's what happens. When your mind changes, the flow of your life changes. And so we don't need to worry about the stuff out there. All we need to concern ourselves with is rooting ourselves in that conscious knowing that all you need is love. So if you did not see what it is you were looking for, show up in the world of form, let yourself off the hook. Here's the question to ask. How do you feel about the work you did to address that thing that you're looking to create? How do you feel about it? Good? Awesome. Because here's the other thing that we experience. We are living in a world of time and space. We are living in a world of time and space, and there are immutable laws of physics that are natural, that may mean that whatever it is we are looking to demonstrate is going to be delayed in our experience of it by natural laws. Because if I say, it's the example I always use, let us demonstrate a pink elephant. Where is it? I mean, don't we have a strong enough consciousness to know that as we think, so we create? If we all think, if we, if we think hard enough, let's all think hard enough. Pink elephant. How are y'all going with that? Pink elephant. Pink elephant. Pink elephant. Why is it not in this room? We are rooted in natural laws that make it a little challenging. So the physical laws of this plane of action will keep that from being out of thin air. Do I think that it can go out of thin air? Absolutely, because the universal mind is just that. It is universal, it is infinite, it is omnipresent. It can do anything. But we've chosen to live in this experience of space and time, and so let us just allow ourselves to be let off the hook for the things that we are working to address in our lives that maybe don't show up like that. Because when we have the feeling around it, everything changes. Everything changes. You are not required in your life to purposefully create anything. You are not required in your life to purposefully create anything, and yet you are always creating. You're always creating. There is nothing and no thing that is impossible. There is nothing and no thing that is limited. There is nothing and no thing that is less than unless we decide for life to be this way. All you need is love. All you need is love. So love. We have a particular definition of love. Last week, you know, I talked about it as that. That unstoppable force, that, 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 that that good, the sweep, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's the sweep that is irresistible, that energetic sweep we all, at the core of our beingness, we truly feel it. I believe that we all truly feel that irresistible sweep of love in our lives. Sometimes it requires getting quiet and allowing ourselves to reflect and know that that is the truth of who we are. tapping into that infinite creative presence 
creates seeming miracles in our lives. There is nothing and no thing that is impossible. Nothing and no thing that is limited. There is nothing and no thing, no thing that is less than. But in what ways might you be considering yourself limited? In what ways might you be considering yourself less than? In what ways might you be considering something in your life impossible? That's a decision. That's a decision. Whether you've made it at the level of awareness or below the level of awareness, it is a decision. And you get to do something about it if you choose to. Because again, you're at choice in all of this. You get to decide how you want your life to be. And nobody's going to live it for you. No one else. You live your own life. And so allow yourself the freedom and the flexibility to make a decision right in this moment if you choose to, that you are going to have the most magnificent experience of life that is possible for you. And there is nothing that is impossible. And so accept the infinite possibility that is you. So we have this definition of love. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. That's If you go to the book that we utilize, if you go to The Science of Mind and Spirit, written by Ernest Holmes, and um, I'm not going to get into the history of the book, and we still utilize it even though it is 60, 70, 80, 82 years old, this particular edition, we still utilize it because it brings up within some of us, not everyone, it brings up within some of us an illumination. But that's how he defines love in the book. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. And I've rooted much of my life now as I have developed in my, as I've developed my own spiritual understanding and spiritual practice and, 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 and expressed my spiritual nature. I have rooted my life with that in mind as the definition of love. I'm going to say it again. The self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. And this morning when I was thinking about that quest, about that definition, oh boy, I got caught up in a lack of clarity. I'm going to read it again. <laughs> love is the self-givingness of the spirit, that's the infinite, of the spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. And you know what I got hung up on? I got hung up on this idea, and I asked myself this question. What is the desire of life? What is the desire of life? Don't we all get to decide what our desire in living this life is? So we're, when we're talking about the love is the self-givingness of this infinite spirit through the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation, that really, I was like, I don't really get that. And yet I've been living by means of this definition for many, 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 many years, at least my understanding of it to the degree that I had an understanding of it. And so this is the good news for each and every one of us. Irrespective of what we think we know, I've never really stood on this side of the stage. Irrespective of what we think we know, we can always know more. We can always deepen into our understanding that much more because it is infinite. And so are we. And so we are on this constant trajectory of, of evolution, 
of spiritual evolution, more deeply understanding that we are spiritual beings. We are living a spiritual experience. Oh, so what is the desire of life? And I thought, maybe the punctuation is wrong. <laughs> it is capital L, which means when we talk about the desire of capital LF, we're talking about infinite life. So, if the desire of life is expressing itself in terms of creation, not all, is not all creation a reflection of perfection? I'm going to say that again because I don't think I said that very well. If the desire of life is expressing itself in terms of creation, is not all creation a reflection of perfection? The infinite truth is absolutely yes. Everything is an expression of perfection. It is a reflection of perfection. So if I go and I adjust the punctuation a little bit, love is the self-givingness of spirit, comma, through the desire of life, comma. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life. And I almost want to end it there. I almost want to end it there. It is expressing life infinitely in terms of creation. So you could take out that middle section. Love is the self-givingness of the spirit through the desire of life in terms of creation. And so if I'm looking and saying everything in my life is a reflection of this infinite perfection that is within, why do I feel like some of the things in my life are imperfect? As I was creating the labyrinth in here on Wednesday, how many people realized that, you, that the labyrinth was still there? <laughs> As I was creating the labyrinth this, this, uh, this past Wednesday, Kathy Brandon came in and helped me create the labyrinth. And <laughs> I was challenged. Not by Kathy, by the way, <laughs> just to be really clear. I just want to acknowledge that Kathy came in and helped me with that, and I'm so grateful for her help. But I was challenged in creating this labyrinth. Not because I didn't know how to do it, because I know how to plot it all out, and I know where all the lines go. But here's what I was challenged by. I was challenged by old paradigms, old ideas of myself. And that old idea is this. I'm a perfectionist. How many of us are living with that old idea? Mm -hmm. In fact, it reared its ugly head. I was standing out here uh, in between the two gatherings this morning, and oh, oh, I was standing out here, <laughs> and I looked up, and there are those, there's that triptych of uh, things on the wall out in the social area. And as I was looking at that, I'm like, they're all crooked. And so I go up there, and I start like... <laughs> and then I get them all, and I think, they're not level. I mean, they're, they're not at the same level. One is, this one over here is a little bit higher. And, and so I started like going down the rabbit hole of thinking, oh my gosh, this is going to drive me crazy because these things are not perfect. But what if they are? That's a decision I made to look at those things and decide that they were somehow imperfect. It was a decision I made that if, they were, if these paths were not exactly 13 inches wide throughout the entire labyrinth, that it was somehow a reflection of my own imperfection, 
And I can make myself crazy with that. Can't you make yourself crazy with that? Oh, so I'm challenged by my sense of perfectionism. And I know that I'm the only one. Today's talk is called Flawless. My idea of perfection is that something has to look right in the world of form. My idea of perfection has been that something has to look right in the world of form. It is a very narrow set of guidelines that I can drive myself crazy with. I see a lot of acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. So I get in here and I think the distance of the path has to be perfect. So I'm laying it out. And, 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 and we're out here and I've got like string and I'm measuring it out. I'm like, okay, we're gonna go. We go through. And then, and then Kathy's helping me and we're taping, we're utilizing gaff tape and I have ripped the gaff tape to a particular thickness and I go through and I'm looking at it and I look up and I'm thinking, well, look at that section over there. That gaff tape is not the same thickness. <gasps> oh, I can make myself crazy thinking that that is not perfection. The lines need to be consistent. The distance of the path needs to be consistent. Oh. The pictures need to be consistent. Everything needs to be measured perfectly and put within my own little box, my own little limited box to be considered right in my mind. That is a very prison-like life to live. Letting go. I am letting go of this notion more and more and it is consistent work, it is constant work. Because somewhere along the way, I decided that perfection looked like one thing. That it had to be quantifiable, it had to be, I had to be able to count it, I had to be able to measure it, it had to be rated in some way. That that was the only way that I could live a life of perfection. But what if part of my life's journey is the discovery that my life, exactly as it is unfolding, is perfect already? Can we truly begin to accept this notion? Here's what's going to happen when you accept this notion, those of you who are perfectionists along with me. If you decide that this is for you to let go of your sense of perfection, you know what's going to happen? You are going to be faced with so many opportunities to have that tested. <laughs> At least that's my journey. What's your journey? <laughs> I spoke a little bit in the first service, the first gathering, about something that is unfolding in my life in a way that is unexpected. And what I will tell you is that I'm not prepared to express the details of what is happening in my life. But it is something that came up that was very unexpected this week. And I was challenged with my idea of the perfect path, the perfect expression of it this week. Because I thought, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> that this is showing up? 
Are you kidding me that this is showing up in this particular way right here and right now in a way that, oh gosh, why can't it all just flow and be perfect? Because when I think that it needs to flow and be perfect in a particular way that is measurable and countable and, rate, and, and, and something that I can rate, well then, there I am in that box. And so why not trust? Why not live in the faith that I teach? To break down the box and say, this is perfect. This is perfect. And when I understand the perfection inherent in what can be perceived as imperfection, life actually gets really exciting because you know what it does is it bursts open the possibilities of what life can be. Now, I'm going to tell you one minor little detail about this. This experience will affect this community directly. And it may be the answer to the prayer that I have had for a long time, possibly. But I'm also going to live, my, live with my heart open to the infinite possibility that although this has been presented in a particular way to me, right here and right now, if that falls away, it's still perfect. Because I am rooting myself in the deepest understanding that the flow of my life is flawless. The infinite divine creative source does not ever make a mistake. All it knows is to create. And so it is consistently unfolding itself in terms of creation. That's love. There's the definition. There's the definition. The self-givingness of a spirit out of the desire of life to express itself in terms of creation. That's, oh, I have such a deeper respect for and understanding of what that is now. I love it. If it's all love, and love is the perfect flow of creation, is not everything expressing in perfection, whether it looks like it or not. Our notion of imperfection is a decision. Our notion of imperfection is a decision. Decide something new. Our notion of imperfection is a decision on how we relate to the circumstances of our lives. What if we changed our minds? I mean, isn't that what we are learning here? I said earlier, the purpose of spiritual mind treatment, the purpose of affirmative prayer in the way that we teach it within this construct is to change our minds. And I'm going to tell you, I'm constantly up here being challenged because that is how I teach. <laughs> that is how I teach. Ernest Holmes wrote, love is the impulsion of mental treatment. Love is the impulsion of mental treatment. Love is that energetic flow that impels us into the activity of our lives. Treatment is the changing of our minds. The form follows. So I had a chat this week with a ministerial student. Um, she is in her final few months of ministerial studies. She is writing her thesis, and she is interviewing a number of ministers in the field, talking about the concept of worth, self-worth, concepts of worthiness or worthlessness. 
And what I, when we were having this discussion, I started thinking about this, this idea. If I'm looking at worth, aligning it with the idea of perfection, is worth something that is quantifiable? My answer has to be no. Because the minute I start quantifying it, I put myself back in that little box. So my idea of my worthiness in this world is that I am worthy of all that I choose. I am worthy of all that I choose. And that unfolds in such magnificence in my life. But if I decide that I am valued less in some way because it doesn't look like a particular thing, then that's the experience I will have. So worth is a feeling. It's a quality. It cannot be quantified. But boy, do we try, right? We try to quantify worth. We try to be able to say, oh, yes, I am very worthy. As though there's some rating scale somewhere of worth. Why don't we just decide that we are worthy? Easeful. I am worthy. So our feelings of worthy, worthiness or worthlessness, they're wrapped up in a sense of value. Now, value is something that is quantifiable, but that's a whole class discussion. Because here's what happens is our value is often defined by others. And we take on those definitions for ourselves. And when we take on those definitions of value that others are expressing to us, it will either lend to our sense of worthiness or our sense of worthlessness. So why are we listening to other people? If we accepted that all creation is exactly the way it has unfolded as perfect, if we have decided that this is the point of view from which our lives are unfolding, that it is all perfect irrespective of what it looks like, what might happen? Are you willing to make that decision right now that everything in your life is perfect, even if it doesn't look like what you have defined as perfection? Are you ready to make that decision today? Well, that's a resounding answer. Are you ready? Wow. You ready for this? Your answer is perfect even if I had this idea in my own little box that it had to sound and look like something. <laughs> to think that there is anything imperfect in its form is to say that the cause behind it is imperfect. And that's impossible. To say that anything that exists in form is imperfect is to say that the cause behind it is imperfect. That is absolutely impossible. If we are to accept the flawless nature of the infinite source coursing through and creating the experience of our lives, that is a key to living a quality of infinite perfection, a quality of wholeness, a quality of worthiness, and you are the ones who get to decide what that looks like, how that feels but don't limit yourself to a narrow view. Constantly challenge yourself to expand the notion of what it is. Love is a complete unity with life. 
And we cannot enter this state unless we are in unity with all that lives, for all life is one. Those are the words of Dr. Ernest Holmes. Essentially what he is saying there is if we remember who we are at all times, then all life unfolds perfectly. But it is an embodiment, not just an intellectual idea. When we know who we are, that is, we are this infinite divine power. We are the creative energy of love. This is who and what we are at all times, no matter what. Everything that flows forth in our lives must be in alignment with that notion, and so it is all perfect. So in what way will you choose today to express your inherent flawless nature from now on? The, the answer to that question is completely up to you. The answer to that question is completely up to you. And that's how I ask you to move forth this week to find the answer to that question. In what way will you choose to express your inherent, in, inherent, I don't even know what word I just said, your inherent flawless nature from this moment evermore? And so it is. Hello, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of My Sunday Message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, www.tucsonnewthought.org. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.